Welcome to Cure Chronic, a place where we have deep conversations and hear amazing stories about chronic disease and more. Here's your host, Becky Gale. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm really excited to announce a guest that's coming all the way from Las Vegas. She has a pretty interesting story. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Gritty Artist. Why don't you go ahead and tell us your story? All right, um, hello. So I don't really know my story too well. I had to um, ask my mom. She said I first had patches of psoriasis at around eight months old. And she said it got really bad at two or three years old. And I don't know if I said eight months before. <laughs> but she went to different doctors. At first they told her I had wingworm, some kind of rash, but she was worried. So she went to a few doctors and nobody could agree what it was. So they finally sent her to a dermatologist. She doesn't remember because she's had a brain tumor and cancer. So her memory isn't the best, but what she can remember for a few years doing this and trying to figure out what I had, um, the dermatologist finally told her that I had psoriasis and just threw all kinds of steroid creams. I, I was on steroid creams for years. My mom said they gave me medicine around that time that made me gain weight. But that's all they really did. They just, they didn't know what to do. And they just gave me things. It made my skin worse. Me and my mom fought all the time because I didn't want to take the medicines. And I mean, I don't blame her because like, what else are you going to do when you have a kid who's so sick, but listen to the, to your doctor, you know? So, cause it's, it's not as, so I remember I recently talked to my mom about all this. Do you want and, to talk about your experience, like growing up with psoriasis, like what you experienced going through public school and high school and and all that other stuff too? Yeah. Yeah. It was really, I was bullied all the time. Kids acted like I was, a con, I was contagious. I didn't like to play because I was really clumsy and anytime I fell, I would like gush blood and then like any trauma to my skin I later learned causes more psoriasis and to form. And so I was just, I, my mom also was bipolar and she didn't know it. She went to the doctors. She didn't understand what was happening to her. So we really, didn't get along. We had ugly fights about everything. And she was very confused about everything and she couldn't handle anything of it. So I was alone for most of like my bullying for, cause then my, my parents also were into drugs. And then uh, it was really, I was, I was bullied everywhere. None of my cousins liked me. And because I, I, I'm mixed, I'm, I'm Mexican and I'm white. So, and I went to all black schools. So I got teased for being a white person, even though I was part Mexican. And a lot of them mistreated me because not only did I not speak Spanish, I also had the psoriasis. So there was just, I absolutely had no nobody on my side, nobody to comfort me, nobody or anything. <laughs> and it just, it made my psoriasis 
10 times worse than it could be, that it would have been. We, I didn't know anything about like dieting or not dieting, but learning how to eat well. My mom, we didn't eat vegetables. We did, we just ate pizza, lots of nightshades, which are vegetables that inflame your gut. So I just had drugs thrown at me by my doctors and I just gritted my teeth <laughs> through my psoriasis. And it just, it got worse and worse and worse. It, it, I had a hard time just separating myself from the negative image I formed by everybody's reaction to my psoriasis. And I don't know. <laughs> I lost my train of thought, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. I imagine that it was pretty hard going, like growing up and not knowing any, number one, not knowing anything about the disease, not knowing what's going on with your body, but then also not being able to talk to anybody about it because nobody was on your side. You didn't have parents that seemed like they were quite supportive about anything. And, no. you know, and especially understanding the drugs that they were giving you too. Like steroids are tough. I, I, I know that I was on, um, prednisone for a really long time and a really high dosage and ugh, the stuff that does to you. And I was only on it for like three years. So I can only imagine what you went through, especially at such a young age as well. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember when I switched drugs and everything, but by the end I was on steroid creams for years and it made my skin feel weird. I later learned that the steroid creams they gave me thin out the skin and uh, that's probably why I got bruised so easily. And, and they said that um, when you use steroid creams for years, it seeps into your blood. So who knows whatever, like my metabolism, probably it didn't help that either. <laughs> that's crazy. So are you still taking these steroid creams as well? Um, no, I, after a few years, um, I became like a rebellious teenager and like at 12, I was like, I'm a teenager and you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm not going to take these drugs because they hurt. And that's it. And just my mom just accepted it. She's like, I don't know what to do. You're really strong willed. You don't want to take these medicines. They're not helping you. Okay, we won't go no more. So for years, we did nothing. I just put Vaseline on. And then I got too old to go to the doctors anymore because I lost my insurance. And I just kind of floated around like that. I couldn't work. I, my family treated me like a person who was tailored to launch that I was willfully, purposely not wanting to work, not wanting to go out, hang out with friends. Just rumors about my sexual preference, rumors about nobody wanting me rumors about all kinds of stuff until my mid-20s this was going on I mean I went about four years ago I went back to the dermatologist and she's like well there's nothing we can do for you here's a pen full of biologics and biologics and um, suppress the immune system they can cause cancer 
all kinds of things. And with my childhood, I didn't, I just didn't want to give myself more harmful drugs. But then I found Otesla and I did Otesla for a few months, but my insurance kept denying it. And the doctor kept just giving me free packets. And I had every side effect. I was constantly in the restroom with an upset stomach, like for hours, days at a time. I didn't have solid stool, you know what I mean? And I already dealt with suicidal thoughts and stuff, but though Tesla made it so much worse for me, I never really got headaches before it, and I had constant headaches. And the doctor just told me that was normal, that once my body gets used to the very heavy drugs, that my psoriasis will get better and my I won't have these side effects anymore. And because of my own mobility issues, the fact that I don't have work or everything, I couldn't go to the doctor often even when I did have insurance. So when I filed for um, disability, they denied me saying, well, you haven't been to the doctor enough, so you obviously aren't disabled. <laughs> so I was just like caught in a, uh, between a hard place having to rely on my family and them acting like, because I had a, I have a few family members who got into drugs, um, stolen from the family, and did harmful things. And anytime my mom tried to criticize them, they're like, well, you, you help your daughter. How could we stop helping your brother, this family member? Throw it in their face. Throw it in her face that she doesn't have a place to talk about helping an adult family member. Even though no. I was completely, I didn't do drugs. I didn't do anything. I helped with all my siblings. I cooked, I cleaned. I did as much as I could with my psoriasis, but I was punished if I stopped, if I didn't do something that day. Um, like my whole life, it's just, oh, you're just making up excuses so you can be lazy. You're, you don't want to do anything. Oh, you need to live a life. You're, you're wasted potential. You need to get out and do stuff. I'm like, I can't, I literally can't do this. I can't wear certain fabrics. Like even the way family members want me to dress, I, they give, in the past they've given me clothes that they think I should wear because I'm not girly. And I can't wear the fabrics because I have psoriasis. Like only mm -hmm. fabric I can really wear is cotton. And I can't wear, I don't even know the names of the other fabrics. I just like, I'm just gonna wear cotton. <laughs> And That's crazy. it was just a lot of, yeah, it's just a lot of struggle. Everybody talking behind my back, like family members, conversations like, I'm sorry, if you were my daughter, I would not have let you stay with me as long as your mom has let you stay with her. I'm like, wow, autoimmune disease. I'm not someone who is just willfully just being lazy, you know? The it's misunderstanding like, is totally unreal in your family, like totally yeah. unreal. And I feel it, like they don't, they don't understand what you're going through, nor do they want to, you know, like if that were me and I see you suffering all the time or you tell them, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to do some research and be like, okay, what the, what is psoriasis? What is she going through? But it's like your family just doesn't care. 
Well, I don't want to say that they don't care. It's just, they just have no understanding towards what you're going through at all. And instead of trying to be empathetic towards you, they're pointing fingers and saying that you're lazy and you're, you're not doing anything and you're not going to have a future. Like that's awful. Having an autoimmune disease, regardless of what it is, is a, is a really, really, really hard thing. Yeah, I just, I tried my best to just, you know, do my own thing, think positively, you know, just know that after, over the years, realize that, you know, they're hurting people too who've been through traumatic things themselves. I just try to stay away because even when I do go visit them and get into an argument with somebody, they're like, well, you're just a moocher. I'm like, okay, whatever. Oh my goodness. Wow. And I think that that's the unfortunate thing with a lot of people is what happens is they deal with a trauma, but they don't deal with that trauma. And so instead of dealing with that trauma through counseling or talking about it or whatever it is, whatever their out is, they repress that emotion and then they start taking it out on other people and you're their outlet. And that's, you know, I've seen it so many times and it's really sad because you're the victim in that situation. And the way that they, so the other thing that I'm hearing too is that, you know, the way that they compare you to the brother, you know, that's called comparative suffering. And so you can't compare one person to another person. It doesn't matter if you guys have the same disease. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It just doesn't matter because what you're going through is individual to you. And what that other person's going through is individual to them regardless. And it doesn't mean that you have to give more help or less help or more love or less love or whatever to that person because you're comparing them. It just means that they're both suffering in their own individual ways, but there are people out there that don't understand that as well. Again, one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast is so that people can understand what you're going through because what you're saying to me right now is awful. The fact that you don't have a family to support you. You don't have, it doesn't sound like you have very good friends that support you, that try to understand you. And that's not okay. You know, you're fighting this alone. I, I got lucky. I mean, I, I ran to the internet for, for comfort, for understanding, for connection with other people. And I met somebody online about 2009, and we were friends for online for a long time. And we finally met like seven years ago. And then now, you know, he helped me move out of my mom's and move in with him. And he's very understanding, no pressure about a lot of things. He's like, he's like my best friend, but way more than that. And I don't know where I would be without his like kind and generosity because so many people say they understand but as soon as you get comfortable they start talking about you well suddenly you're not doing enough i was like i thought i could live here because of oh okay you don't like me no more for whatever reason <laughs> okay but and then yeah. they suddenly don't want to be understanding of my psoriasis and you know i'm just a moocher you know, I'm pathetic and, and this and this and that. And I'm like, okay, I don't care what you say. <laughs> well, I'm so happy that you found someone that understands you. And I know a lot of part of 
my life. I made it harder on myself. Not that I blame myself at all, but now that I'm older, a lot of those things are still the same. People don't understand. People still want to call me a moocher and, or justify why I'm, oh, why are you home all day? Or, you know, oh, what do you do for a living? Oh, why don't you work? You know, people want to talk about their jobs. And that made me like hide away for a really long time because it's really hard to tell people, you know, I have this illness and I can't do stuff. Well, what can't you do stuff? Because I've had people in the past tell me, well, so-and-so went to work with a broken, uh, with a cut hand. So-and-so went to work <laughs> even though they have uh, screws in their leg. I was like, how is that the same as my psoriasis? Yeah, that's I don't compare suffering. It's, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why people do it. Like, I don't know why. It's like, don't compare me to other people. I'm not that person. That's frustrating. And then always having to say no to outings a lot of because here in vegas you have to have money to do things though that's that's it there's there's really no like cool places to go most people don't go to the library especially during a pandemic <laughs> oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent. when i went well, to vegas it was crazy expensive like oh my god <laughs> yeah so I, I could never go anywhere so like there was a lot of shame with explaining like how I didn't have money. And for a little while I had uh, some friends who would be like, well, I'll pay for you. But then my family ruins the, 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 the relationship for reasons. And I just, it's really hard to go out. And the few people who came to me wasn't always <laughs> the best, but most of my friends moved out of the state. It's not that I didn't have good friends. It's just, I made friends with people who, you know what, I don't like Vegas. I need to leave. <laughs> it's hot here. It's very um, superficial. When I was looking for work when I was younger, I could not, I could not even get callbacks most of the time. Only a handful of times did anybody want to hire me because not only am I full of psoriasis, but I'm also overweight. So it's just really hard out here. And then the big part of the culture is like gambling and going to the casinos and spending money and, and like taking cool pictures and stuff. And I was like, I can't afford that. Even now, I'm in a situation where we can't afford doing stuff. We have to stay home. Even if it wasn't like coronavirus and worried about that, not wanting to go out, we couldn't go out. Going out once could mean we would have to buy groceries on the credit card or something. So it's just really hard to even go to people's places since I don't, we don't drive, we don't have a car. So I'm like stuck at home 24 seven, hard to go grocery shopping. Um, it's, just, it's hard to do everything. And because of um, our price range, we had to live in an, in an area that turns out to be like a food desert. So it's really hard to get healthy food, which is really important, I've come to realize. 
for psoriasis and managing it. So it's just struggle after struggle with psoriasis, but I, I try to stay positive and filter that to like art. It used to be writing, now it was art and learning history and just getting out of my mind <laughs> or my body into my mind. Yeah. And sometimes that's, you know, when you can escape the real world for a little bit, whether it be five minutes or two hours or whatever it is, what you need to do, it can be the best thing for you, for your mental health as well, especially with what you're going through. I mean, like, you know, your upbringing sounds incredibly traumatic and, <laughs> um, you know, it's just, I'm so grateful that you found someone that, it, that tries to understand what you're going through. And especially, you know, um, diet is a huge thing when it comes to autoimmune. And if you don't have access to, you know, fresh vegetables and fruits and stuff that'll help and, and, and be nutritious for your body, it's like, well, how do you expect your psoriasis to get better? How do you expect you to be healthy kind of thing? But anyways, I just hope that for you, it gets better, especially with everything that's going on in the United States right now, whether it be the coronavirus, whether it be all of those um, rallies that they were having, and especially the politics, right. like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> I couldn't imagine. <laughs> I'm, I, I've, I've gotten lucky that, you know, that hasn't touched my, my side of Vegas too much. That's good. So, your whole story seems just unreal. And I hope that this podcast gets out to the people that really need to listen to it for you so they can say, okay, I'm going to try to understand now. But what do you think was the hardest thing when you were diagnosed? Or, well, I guess you were diagnosed at a pretty young age. What do you think the hardest thing that you had to go through was? I mean, I guess it's really hard to pinpoint it on one thing, but what would you say it is? Um. I just, finding, the hardest part about this all was like finding self-worth because I never had that core like person that I was. I was always this psoriasis, people's reaction to psoriasis, people's negative comments about psoriasis. People ignore you unless you look different. And I got a lot of attention and I'm learning how to not lash out at that kind of attention for my own mental health has been such a struggle too. Definitely. Are you doing anything to help your mental health, like going to therapy or, or seeing anybody about it? Or are you doing anything to help your mental health, I mean? <laughs> um, not really, but then I feel that my art in the last, because I got into art the last three years or so and I just I don't know I just clicked and it just made me feel better and like if like if I don't feel good all day but if I color a little bit with in my sketchbook or do a painting it it really means something and being able to connect with people through art I actually connected with a old old friend from high school uh, and um oh uh, through art and lots of people commenting on my art and it's, it's helped a lot. Oh, I like your art. Oh, I didn't know you did art. That's so cool. 
start talking to me about their favorite artists. It's, it's, it's really been helpful to, I don't know, make me feel better and to feel connected with others. Absolutely. And, you know, when you engage the creative mind and do something like art or writing or something like that, I find that it is incredibly, it's almost like meditation kind of thing. And it's very soothing. And it's also super great for the brain. Yeah, I find that, like, I'm trying to do yoga, too. Um, I found someone on Instagram who has, uh, I forgot what she has, but she has an autoimmune disease. And she came out with these workouts that like ease you back into working out if you're recovering from like a flare-up or something and they're just the perfect amount of I don't know how to say but it's just the perfect amount I need (laughs) not too much not too little workout yeah is her name Holly because uh, I had her on the show (laughs) yeah I think it might be because I found it through um I think you shared something about this person the other day and I was like, ooh. Yeah, yeah she does work <laughs> and stuff like that for people with autoimmune. Yeah, she has a, I think she has colitis. Yeah, she has colitis. So something similar to what I have. It's a little bit different, but that's good. I'm so glad, I'm so glad for you. You know, doing exercise too is amazing for your mental health, for your body, getting the endorphins going and that sort of thing. And especially if you could just do like a little bit every single day, like totally, it's going to help with everything, I find. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it really helped to find her and her explain why she made it because in the past I've tried to do workouts with you know people who are not who don't have autoimmune diseases who don't really have health issues and I can't keep up at all even if they're like the same weight as me or anything and I always just thought it was like oh I'm just I'm just lazy and fat you know so it's just even now I'm learning that there's just so much that I internalized and blamed myself for when it was just my autoimmune disease. Oh, a hundred percent. And especially growing up the way that you grew up sort of thing and, and everybody kind of placing the blame on you. It's so hard to not let your disease define you under that circumstance then. And then being able to, as an adult, take control of the disease and say, okay, that wasn't me. That was the disease. And especially, you know, that was the post that I, or the, the other day when I posted it, I, I was finding to myself that, that negative self-talk that I had. And I was like, right. why am I feeling so negative? Like, what is going on? And then Holly posted that thing. And I was like, oh my God, I need to post something about this because it's true. <laughs> it's like, you know, we have to be grateful for the things like, okay, yeah, fine. We might be a little bit overweight, but at least we can have some food and indulge in, in what we like and, and enjoy things. But, you know, it's, it's seeing the other side of things. And I think that's so important with people with chronic disease, because the last thing that we need to have is a fight in our brains about ourself, about our self image, about our disease, about the fact that we think that we're lazy, you know, Autoimmune yeah. disease is really hard. Like there are people out there that have, and I'm not comparing here, but I'm just saying like there, there are people out there that have something like lupus and they're literally bedridden for days or chronic fatigue syndrome. And they they literally can't get out of bed for a week. And that's, a, th- those are real diseases. And so, you know, right. having that and having in your head, oh, I'm just lazy. It's like, no, 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 no. Like (laughs) having an autoimmune disease means that you're fighting every single day to just try to have a normal life. Quote, unquote, normal. (laughs) (laughs) So 
what do you think the best thing has come from all of this? I know you went through a whole bunch of loops and struggles and this and that, and now you're doing art and you're living with a, a awesome guy that understands you. What, what was the best thing that's come from all of this? I think it, because I had to say no to doing a lot of stuff for other people, I, I, it gave me like kind of a freedom to be myself and be into the things I did since like people are going to stare at me anyway. So why not dress the way I like people are going to stare at me anyways. Why don't I just, you know, listen to what I want to listen to. Why don't I just, you know, why do I have to be like everybody else if I'm not like everybody else? So I, I feel like it yeah. gave me freedom yeah. at the same time. That's awesome. That's actually, so I had another lady, she was a wonderful person. Uh, her name's Emma. You should listen to that podcast after because she has psoriasis as well. And oh, okay. she kind of went through the same thing where she's like, you know, I wouldn't wear uh, short sleeves on a hot summer day because I'd be so ashamed of like my, my arms or whatever. And then she's Damn. like, yeah. And then she finally said, you know what, if people want to stare at me, like I want to enjoy the sunshine. I want to enjoy the outdoors. I don't really care if these people are going to stare at me and judge me. Like that's on them because, you know, I know that it's not contagious. I know that it's whatever, whatever. And she kind of took ownership of it. And she's like, I just don't care anymore. So yeah. Wow. Just, I definitely need to that. Cause I wish I, cause I, I hid everything. And it wasn't until I was like 24, I'm 31 now, until I was like 23 that I would even wear short sleeves outside. I wore, it's, we talked about how hot it is in Vegas. It's a hundred plus degrees and I was wearing jackets and long, sle and long sleeves underneath it and, and, and pants. That's crazy. All through my teenage years, all through my middle school, because I was just so severely bullied in middle school that I just, I could not wear short sleeves and shorts at school. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. And I think that like when you're bullied, like I was bullied in, in public school as well. And like kids are freaking mean. I don't care. I don't care who you are. Like if your kid was a bully in school, like ugh, it's, it's bad. And like, I didn't have an, like, I was just a, I was a nerd. Like I was just weird. I liked, uh, I, I liked boy sports and I liked, like, I didn't like to wear girly things, like whatever. And of course you get bullied for it. And, you know, I had the lowest self-esteem going into high school and I can only imagine what the bullying went with you in public school and through high school as well. And so of course you're going to feel that way, you know? So, you know, I should get you connected with her because she has some pretty amazing, um, tips and tricks and that sort of thing, especially with psoriasis. But yeah. Yeah. I, by the time I was in high school, though, I became more like, what well, was middle school it started? I was like a grizzly bear. So I made people afraid. I got into fist fights and... Oh my gosh. To make people just leave me alone. I was being tripped at school, chased, rocks thrown at me. Um, I had a moved with my grandparents from my mom's home because I was so bullied in that, over in that school system. And the school didn't do anything about it. We told them about it. They, they even told me and my mom, I think the counselor, yeah, it was the counselor told us, well, you, if you and your daughter lost weight, maybe she wouldn't be bullied at school. <laughs> okay. Wow. The counselor said that to you? Yeah. I mean, and like, did they know that you had psoriasis? Like, of course they did. Yeah. They, yeah. My mom would go to the school and be like, they're bullying my daughter. She has 
psoriasis. My mom had to go to the doctor a lot for like in PE, um, all in every year. The PE teacher would want me to change in in front of everybody. And I was like, I no way am I changing in front of everybody. I don't care. You can you can kick me out of the school. I will not change in front of everybody. <laughs> they I had to have get a doctor's note in order to be able to change it at all. That's so bad. So you didn't even have teachers that were on your sides or counselors oh, no. that were on your side. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. My, my, like, my mom's religious beliefs. I also had like some strife with um, saying like the uh, Pledge of Allegiance here. Um, my mom's like, don't stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Don't stand. Don't put your hand on your heart. Don't say it. Just sit down and, and I, I would have problems with teachers because they're so patriotic. And they'd be like, you need to stand. You're disrespecting the flag. And then I would have to get a note from my mom so I could sit out. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's ridiculous. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, and the other thing too, so like, I just wonder what would have happened if you were like sent to like maybe a better school or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I would, I, when I switched schools to my, uh, the school near my grandmother's home, I, I made friends. I loved it. Oh, good. But <laughs> my mom moved and then I had, she took me out of that school system oh, to a new God. one that was just as bad. Oh, that's so painful. Well, I'm happy that you're able to get through it all. And here you are now. I think you and I are the same age. Are you born in 89? Uh, I was born in um, late 88. Eight, okay. So I was born October 89. So you're... October, November. <laughs> oh, there you go. Perfect. Late little. Late the whole moment. year? <laughs> So you're, I think you're 11 months older than me. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of nice at this age now because you can kind of look back and say to yourself like, you know, my childhood freaking sucked, but at least I've come out kind of on the other side. You understand your disease a little bit better and you understand that you're not going to, you're not going to put up with that shit anymore. Like it's just not worth it. You know, you don't have the energy for it. Like quite honestly, I'm getting older. Like if you want to be a dick, like go fly, go away. <laughs> yeah. if you don't want to, if you don't want to understand what I'm going through, then I don't want to freaking tell you and take the time out of my day to try to explain it to you. You know, yeah. if you're not going to be empathetic, if you're not going to be understanding towards it, like I'm out <laughs> busy. Exactly. I just don't want to feel like I have to justify my lifestyle. Yes. Oh my God. Yes, exactly. It's like, you know what? If you don't want to take the time to understand what a chronic disease is, then I don't want you in my life. Like that's just, and I unfortunately had to do that to quite a few people that mm -hmm. I'm just like, I'm only going to keep you at a peripheral yes. of my world, like at most, because it would be too much problems to tell you to go away. Yes, exactly. And then you just kind of reach them at arms or like you keep them at arms reach or whatever. And then they, yeah. those are the people too, that don't even bother like texting you on your birthday. They're just like the awkward people on your Facebook page, but you're just not going to take them off your Facebook page. Like whatever. <laughs> yeah, but it's a bunch of family and, and they're, my family is uh, Jehovah's Witness.
businesses. So I didn't grow up celebrating birthdays, Christmas, or uh, Halloween. Oh my gosh. That just changed everything. (laughs) 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 Sorry. Like, oh, I can only imagine what you went through now. Like that's hard to go to and be like, Christmas? And everybody's like, I got this. I got a new console. I got this. What'd you get? Oh, my family doesn't sell nothing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I had a, (laughs) I had a really close friend and her family was all Jehovah's Witness. And like, she, she actually left and she was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not a Jehovah's Witness. And she literally got disowned from her family. The only person she talks to now, and she has like 10 brothers and sisters. Um, The only person that she talks to now is her mom. But like, I don't know. I have my own opinion about those types of groups, but I just, I you know, you don't, I'm not, you don't have any support because they don't understand and they don't want to understand because it's their way or the highway. Like I understand your story now. Like why? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, 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 I, I, I do believe that um, them all being Jehovah's Witnesses made it a lot worse. Yeah. You would think that they would have a little bit more empathy though, because of the fact that like, they are Jehovah's Witnesses, but wow, <laughs> I am sorry. <laughs> wow. I'm totally shook right now. Like, did you just say that? <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. I couldn't imagine I, being myself. Like, what's that? Sorry. I said, I'm an atheist myself. Did you like, did you have a lot of backlash from your family when you decided that? Oh yeah. We argue about that kind of stuff too. They're allowed to freely, um, say Jehovah pray this and pray that but even if I share some art that has to do with my like I have an art piece that I got the idea from reading a Richard Dawkins book the um it's the Russell's teapot Mm -hmm. and I just I did a galaxy with a teapot floating in the galaxy saying that I got the idea from Richard Dawkins Richard Dawkins what's it called uh the God delusion and my uncle, instead of saying anything about my art piece, he just attacked the atheist oh core of it. I was like, I'm tired of you guys really talking about your religion and attacking anybody mm-hmm. else's stuff. Beliefs, I'm tired yeah. of about Jehovah all the time and I'm nice about it, but you guys attack me when I say anything about atheism. Well, and here, like, I'm a bit of hip, I'm a bit of a hippie myself, and I believe in a higher <laughs> power. I don't believe in organized religion, and I certainly don't believe in groups or cults that try to push things on other people. And so, you know, I admire Christians that believe in a higher power or Catholics or whatever, but people that don't, again, push their religions on other people. Like, if you want to pray with me, that's totally fine. If you want to, uh, you know whatever you want to do. But if you come to my door knocking and you say, Oh, have you been something by Jesus Christ? Like, please go away. And the other thing too, is I've only ever heard negative things about these groups when it comes to the support of a loved one when in crisis. And I just, that is what drives me up the wall because it's like, if you're in pain, if you're suffering and you do nothing about it to help me, it's like, and you're a family member and a close family member. It's like, well, why did you bother having me in the, you know what I mean? Like, why would you, why am I here? 
I don't know. I have my own opinion yeah. about those groups. It just yeah. it drives me up the wall. I'm sure your your opinion and my opinion are fairly close. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it just I have I have very strong opinions and we we argued about that. But to try to keep peace, the only kind of interaction I have with my family is like a group chat. <laughs> and even then I kicked a couple people out and made a new one. Yeah, you have to, I just, you have to set those boundaries, right? Like unfortunately. Yeah, like well, I had a family member who told me, you know, he knows I'm an atheist. After we got into an argument, he told me, you know what, you're right. We we don't we shouldn't have anything to do with each other. And then as I was walking away, he's like, I'll pray for you. I was like, it made me so mad. And then a month so or two later, he texts me and he's like, how are you? There's been times the same person on my birthday, we like, I'm not saying happy birthday, just seeing how are you? I was like, then why would you, why? Why can't you just say, how are you? Instead of saying, I'm not saying, I'm not happy saying happy birthday. Like, please stop. Like, thank you. I'm going to take that as happy birthday. Cause stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't, you just want to fight and told me you don't want me in your life. So either apologize or don't come back. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's so frustrating. Oh my God. I'm so, uh, uh. I'm happy that you have found friends and people that understand you that aren't like that. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm glad yeah. I didn't let it get to me too much. I mean, I did get it. It did get to me, but I just, I think I could have done a lot worse. I, I'm pretty proud of how I dealt with it. I could have done better, but I could have been worse. I just, I'm glad I am where I am now. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Like we, we could play the shoulda, coulda, woulda all day long with our lives. Like I shoulda, coulda done a whole bunch of stuff better with my life too, especially with my chronic disease. But the problem is, is we do the best that we can when we're dealing with it at the time. And the other thing too, is when you're younger, when you're in your early twenties or, or late teens or mid twenties, even it's like, you don't have the wisdom of how to properly communicate with people, how to properly communicate how you're feeling, how to properly deal with what you're dealing with on a normal basis. It's like, and I'm not saying that at 30, 31 years old, I have all the freaking answers. I do not. I make mistakes all the time. But, but you're just lost as your early 20s. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's the point. It's like, you know, you just do the best that you can with what you have. <laughs> so, you know, it's... You, you had, you had it really hard and now it's like, okay, it's just going to keep getting better and better because you're just going to keep learning how to create those boundaries and how to talk to people appropriately and how to deal with your situation as it goes forward kind of thing, right? It's a hard time too, just learning how to deal with people. So many people are mean. So many people are not understanding. Some people twist what you say. People... Are going through their own things and want to lash out at you and it's just like all you can Definitely. do is like control how you react and if you lose control learn how to forgive yourself you know the other so if I've learned anything in time one of the most important things that I learned actually going through counseling is um, when people are mean to you and they lash out at you for some reason it's actually not about you it's about them 
And so they're going through something that you don't know because they clearly haven't told you. But, you know, there's obviously something inside deep down that's tearing away at them. And instead of dealing with that trauma by themselves and on their own or whatever, they have to attack somebody else to make themselves feel better, basically. And like, it's ridiculous and it's stupid, but a lot of people do it for whatever reason. And I've experienced that before in my past as well. Like, I know how you feel. It's just, it's so frustrating because you're just like, can you not please? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So if you can go back in time and tell your younger self something, what do you think that would be? It's, it's, because I wrote a little something, uh, little things out for the questions. And it's funny, like one of the things I say, it's that it's not fault. I would go back and tell myself that it's not your fault and that it really does get better. And that the people around, like, uh, you are hurting too, like, there's so much trauma and abuse in my family and they just perpetuated it. (laughs) And I just, that, you know, that their treatment really wasn't about us, but a reflection of their own pain. And that I'm just, I would say, that there, there is an, a good future because I didn't see being part of a, a death cult, you know, like that's what the Jehovah's Witnesses are. They constantly talk about the world is going to end. There's no future. You know, you have a, you have a backpack packed of essentials near the front door worth for three days for each person in a backpack, a backpack for me worth of three days worth of food, canned canned food and water and and clothes for three days. You know, that, you know, that there is a future and that it's good. You know what I mean? That's what I would tell myself. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? It's, when you're going through trauma, when you're going through pain and suffering and, and you don't really see it at first sometimes, it's really, really, really hard to see that you might have a good future. It's really hard to let go of that pain of that suffering. And so, and the other thing too, it's like, you never, like, you didn't come out as a baby or as a little kid and say, okay, God, like, can you please give me psoriasis so I can have a a really hard life? (laughs) You didn't do that. I didn't do that to myself. Can I please have Crohn's disease? Like, no, we don't do that to ourselves. It just happens. It is what it is. We deal with what we deal with when we deal with it. And so for you to be able to, you know, at least now as an adult, we can forgive ourselves for, you know, some of the things that we may have thought, some of the, you know, some of the things that we might have done to ourselves when we were younger, you know what I mean? And it's just... We can't go back and tell us those things, but at least we can remind ourselves to be patient and to be understanding with ourselves going forward as well. So what have you found has helped you the most up to now with your disease? And are you looking at doing anything more drastic or elaborate in the future? I do want to, in the future, try 
phototherapy. That's one of the few things that I haven't really tried. But mostly I've just tried to be more natural. I got a humidifier. Um, Turmeric pills have been a game changer. They really help with the flare-ups and the layers of skin. I can't even describe it. It's amazing. I, I know it's not works for everybody, but someone else told me about it on Instagram and it stayed in the back of my mind and I did some research and I was like, well, some turmeric pills are at sale at Walgreens. Maybe I'll pick some up. <laughs> and they were amazing. I was like, I need to try more. It's really hard with not having a lot of money because a lot of these things, I rely on coconut oil, turmeric pills, and humidifiers. And that's just about it. And it's only been a few years with the coconut oil. And I wish I had known that all along too. It has some some vitamins in it and it just really hydrates it's fast absorbing i love it <laughs> yeah coconut oil is amazing for literally everything like you want to whiten your teeth use coconut oil you got a scab use coconut oil like your hair you want to take your use coconut oil <laughs> what's that you want to you take, take your makeup off? off yeah exactly use coconut oil like you got dry skin use coconut oil like, i don't even know it's just crazy everything is just crazy about coconut oil you want to cook use coconut oil <laughs> like you had to, to like i changed how i ate i got rid of like like high fructose corn syrup um i changed what oil i use i cook with um olive oil now since i guess canola and other ones um inflame the gut and stuff from what I can tell and it really has helped me to switch these handful of things my psoriasis right now is like not even half of what it used to be at, at least in like thickness and severity I wonder if that has something to do with like your stress levels too oh my like, gosh my stress down way much <laughs> since I yeah kind of disconnect from my family yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I, um, so I just recently bought like bulk turmeric and I got like all these bulk vegetarian capsules as well. And I've been taking, so all together, it's about two tablespoons of turmeric and like, it is doing me wonders. Like it's, it's a pain in the butt though, because like you try to capsule some of this turmeric powder. Well, guess what? You got yellow fingers, number one. And it also takes hours, <laughs> but the, the, um, like the results are amazing. I don't have arthritis anymore. My Crohn's disease is normal. Like I don't have to take any medications for it. It's like, it's night and day. Like turmeric is a magic, like a magic spice. It's just, yeah. It's if awesome. the, like if the, the Tesla I took daily was like the turmeric, I would have kept going for it. That's just how well this stuff works. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's a spice. Like it's so frustrating. Cause you're like, like I was on, I was on a ton of biologic when I was a kid and well, no, not when I was a kid, but like over the past 10 to 14 years, basically. And had I known that turmeric worked this well, oh my gosh, the amount of medications that I would have had to not take. I'm just like, uh, well, at least I know now for the future. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I ran out of turmeric pills, but I can't wait to get more because like I can already feel flaring up some. 
Yeah. And you can actually buy like bulk turmeric pills on like Amazon or I know that doTERRA, I really, I don't know if you know the company doTERRA, but I really like doTERRA. It's like an essential oils company basically, but they make, um, uh, like a, like a small pill of like turmeric concentrate basically. So they, they have a, they have a really good one as well, but yeah, turmeric is awesome. I love it. I'll, anybody that has an autoimmune disease, I'm like, you should try turmeric. I, I, I should start recommending it. I, the friend who recommended it to me on IG, I, I, I told her finally, I, I can't believe how well this works. She's like, oh, yay, I bet it helped. <laughs> oh, that's like, awesome. Oh, so rewarding, hey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so could you give any of our listeners a bit of advice for their struggles? Um, man, that's hard. <laughs> because I would just say, try to find something that makes you happy and, and do research. Because <laughs> the doctors are helpful, but not always. And they don't want to give you natural ideas. I was never told about changing my diet. I was never told about spices. I was never told about anything, just about drugs. And I was allergic to so much. <laughs> yeah. And the, crazy I, th well, the, the one thing about that is like, of course the doctors aren't going to tell you about diet or spices. They're not going to make any money off of you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's really sad because people just don't want to suffer not be hooked like I learned that like I had to learn so much about skincare because a lot of lotions and stuff have certain like I don't know what it's called but they put some additive that your makes your skin crave their product so you'll be nice and hydrated if you're using their product all the time but as you don't your skin starts to dry I'm like I can't use that if I have psoriasis. I had to really research about what what people put in to lotions because it's so harmful. Even when it says dermatologists approve, they'll have these things. Yeah, they probably got a dermatologist out of a Cracker Jack box with those things though. Mm -hmm. the, they do that to a lot of lip chaps too. So like that's why the more lip chap that you use, the worse your lips get. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Yeah. It's the same. So Because <laughs> I get really chapped lips, and when my lips chap, I also get a little bit of psoriasis on them. So, like, I can't wear makeup or anything. <laughs> yeah. That was hard. You know, yeah. That was hard. That was a more recent thing to not be able to use um, eyeliner or lipstick anymore because I didn't realize how. I used it. I used it as a way to like a shield of confidence or something. And it just feels like a lot of, like so much was stripped not being able to use those things. But at the same time, you just you need to take care of your skin. <laughs> and you know what helps a lot with that? Coconut oil. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, that I, lip cap, like, <laughs> it's awesome really is. <laughs> awesome. Well, the gritty artist, thank you so much for your time and your advice. How can our listeners get in touch with you? Um, I'm on uh, both Twitter and 
Instagram as the gritty artist. So you could find me that way. I, I call myself the gritty artist because I didn't want to be like the flaky artist or, or something. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be flaky. I'm not flaky, but I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Emma has a, a Instagram account. I'll get it. I'll get. I'll get you guys connected. But um, hers is red and silver mountains because I guess psoriasis leaves like little red and kind of silvery bumps on your. Oh my god, that sometimes. makes a lot of. Yeah, that's her Instagram. So you should connect with her. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Of course. <laughs> and we will definitely add in your contact details in the podcast description. Perfect. <laughs> I had a great time talking to you. Yeah, me too. That was fun. <laughs> so, and we'll stay connected. And if uh, I get connected with somebody that, you know, I think might benefit from your story or, you know, I think that this is all about making new connections and getting people right. talking about mm -hmm. disease and that sort of thing. And so, you know, we're creating a chronic community so that we can all have people that understand what we're going through. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our lovely listeners, that's all for this episode. And the gritty artist and I are off like a herd of turtles. <laughs> Bye.